part two of my podcast on why ban Facebook. Anyhow, yesterday Facebook took center stage in Parliament as members of Parliament debated, discussed, raised concern about Facebook and its banning or its impending banning by the government. Some were for it, some against it, and all highlighted their own concerns. Those against it basically expressed concern that their character was being assassinated and that they were not being respected as leaders and that they were hurt by these moves on Facebook to, to abuse them and to question what they were doing and where they were and what they were saying and so forth. Those for it suggested that it's a platform that allows a number of people to carry out their virtual businesses or market the businesses that they do have. SMEs are using Facebook so that they can grow their business, so that they can generate a profit, so that they can, you know, provide for their families. And it's a great tool for informing people about what's going on. Today, Facebook took center stage again as government MPs once more once more expressed feelings of being hurt, feelings of being upset, and felt that they were being unfairly attacked and that people were not respecting the fact that they were government representatives, or as someone said in Parliament, honorable members of Parliament. Well, 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 I'm concerned that no one is raising the issue of no medicines in our aid posts. No one is raising the issue of our deteriorating education systems. No one seems to be hurt by the fact that our law and order is in such a mess that people just don't even bother going and reporting anything to the police anymore because they feel they won't be attended to. Why aren't members of parliament being hurt by the fact that our economy is not doing so well, that we are losing our jobs, that we are losing our businesses to foreign interests, and that we are simply not moving in the direction that we ought to be moving after 1975-16 September? People should be expressing hurt about this in parliament, not about what people say about them, you know. This is... This is something that comes with the territory. If you're a leader, you're going to attract that type of criticism, and what you have to do is manage it, rise above it. Look at how other democratic countries are dealing with this and how they're reacting to it. There are some concerns given that, but are they talking about banning Facebook? No, they're not. Because it is an essential hallmark of democracy. The opportunity, the ability to dissent, to speak freely, to express one's opinion. That opportunity should not be abused. That's understandable. And many countries, including Papua New Guinea, have put in mechanisms to be able to deal with that. So if you have a grievance, if you have an issue, then you can take this matter to the civil courts or you can report it to the appropriate authorities and they can take action against those who have broken these laws. We just recently passed these laws under NICTA. And so therefore they need to be tested. If you have a problem with someone, take it to NICTA. Take it to the courts. Get them to deal with this. But to say that, look, we should ban Facebook because I'm hurt, because I'm upset that someone has, you know, uh, expressed their concern about me or has defamed me or has said something about me. I don't think that's a good enough reason. I don't think that's a, you know, that's a deep enough reason. That's a very shallow and narrow-minded reason to ban a, a social media platform that's actually doing a lot of good for the people of Papua New Guinea. You know, yes, it can be abused. That's like anything and everything. There's always pros and cons. You manage them. You know, and if the mechanisms are in place for authority to deal with such things or for you to take, uh, you know, action so that you can take your aggrieved matters before a civil courts, if those mechanisms are in place, then test them, use them. But to come out and express feelings of hurt because someone called you a name or, you know, has, has attacked you or defamed you or your family or whatever, yeah, we all get attacked. We all get upset by these things, but we've got to rise above it. It's called leadership. 
and banning Facebook is not leadership. It's actually dictatorship, and that's what we should avoid. We should avoid dictatorship. We should market and promote democracy. I may not agree with what you say, but at all times I should fight to protect your right to be able to say it. Some famous person said this. I can't remember who it was. You know, maybe I should research Facebook and find out. Have a good day. Happy Saturday, Papua New Guinea. And look, it's a great Saturday afternoon, and I don't wish to bore you or take up your time when you could be resting, relaxing, thinking about issues that are more important than this particular rant. This is the continuation, the third and possibly last episode in regards to the Facebook saga that has consumed, I would say, about 60% of our time in Parliament so far. Okay, now... Most recently, the Minister for Communication and Energy, Sam Basil, declared that he would ban Facebook for about a month. Okay, he backtracked and said he never said that. Post-Korea, the newspaper that reported him said, no, he did say that. You know, so we've got that happening. At the same time, he made a statement in regards to his intention to ban Facebook and why. And after that, there was an article written that was put on Facebook, that was posted on Facebook by the member for Medang, uh, Brian Kramer, that basically called the decision made by the government to ban Facebook and other consequent decisions as a case of dumb decisions becoming dumber. Okay, now I stand the risk of myself being referred to the Parliamentary Privileges Committee, as was Brian Kramer yesterday. However... I feel that it's important to inform the people of this country what happened and the reasons why the, the opposition walked off in protest okay, at this referral. The, the member for Tewai CSE uh, uh, had, I, I, I forget his name, he had referred the matter to the Parliamentary Privileges Committee declaring that you know the, 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 the article by Brian Kramer whereby he said, did dumb just get dumber was an insult to, to leader for Pangu and member for Bulolo, Sam Basil, and that it was an abuse of parliamentary privilege and that Brian Kramer should be referred to the Parliamentary Privileges Committee. That matter was looked at or analyzed or reviewed by the Speaker, who then said in consultation with the parliamentary legal team and others, we don't know who, who then said there was sufficient evidence and he believed there was reason to have Brian Kramer referred to the Parliamentary Privileges Committee. Now, if, if, if they find Brian Kramer guilty, then he would be either fined 400 kina or serve a uh, custodial sentence of six months in prison. Okay, now... When this announcement was made, the opposition walked off. They walked off in protest because, first and foremost, the article did not, did not call Sam Basil dumb, becoming dumber. It was, an, it was about the decisions made, and it called those decisions stupid decisions or dumb decisions. That's what it called them, and that's Brian's explanation. And, and if anyone reads that article, that's what they would understand. Okay, so there's no need for the member for Bulolo to take offense at this. And if he takes offense at this, then he has the opportunity to take this to the civil courts. And he also has the opportunity to report this to the, to the, to the police or to NICTA, who can then enforce the newly passed legislation on, on abuse of Internet uh, and, and consequences that can you know, come about from that. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyhow. So he has those avenues available. This is not something that had happened in Parliament where parliamentary 
privilege should be brought into question. That's what the opposition believes. That's why we all walked out because we felt this was an abusive process, this is, that this is unnecessary, that this matter has taken up too much of our time, that we should be discussing issues about you know, health and law and order and our education system and why our teachers aren't being paid and why are our aid posts closing down. And there are more important issues to discuss than this, this Facebook saga uh, or, the, the, you know, about a few members of parliament being heard about being called names. You know, we should be concerned about how our people are feeling, not about what we feel. Let, let's, let's talk about what they feel. That's why they elected us into parliament. They elected us into parliament so that we can represent them. They did not elect us into parliament to represent ourselves and be upset by things. Look, it comes with the territory. If you're a leader, you are going to be criticized. As I said before, there's always three groups of people. Those who love you, those who uh, don't really care about you, but they make the decision based on emotion and information they have at hand. And those who will always hate you. They're genetically structured, it seems, to hate you. You can't help that. And as you escalate in prominence and become more visible in society and in the community and put your hand up declaring yourself as, as a person who's willing to represent his people, then you're going to upset people with the decisions you make or with, with what what you wear, where you go, or who you talk to. That's just normal leadership, you know, situations that you will have to face. And you've got to grow a thick skin. You've got to, you've got to rise above that. If you rise above that, then you're demonstrating leadership. If you cry about it and if you, you know, feel offended by it, then you basically, you know, you're, you're demonstrating traits that indicate that you're not a leader or you're not behaving like a leader and you really need to take stock of what you're doing in parliament and so forth and henceforth. Now, you know, Facebook has been, uh, has been accused by members of parliament, especially government, who feel that they are suffering in silence. One member said this. Another member said that their fan club were being insulted and that their followers were upset. You know, I mean, we're not celebrities. We're there as government officials elected to protect the interests of our people in our country. And people are always going to criticize us. That's, that's what happens. You've got to stop worrying about what people think about you, and you've got to start thinking about what you need to do. All of us get criticized. I'm one who always gets criticized, and you know what? I, it upsets me, and it angers me, but hey, you know, I put my hand up, so I'm going to accept that. I'm going to just swallow my pride and just, just park my ego in the corner and just focus on what I need to do. And you know what? Sometimes that criticism is valid. Sometimes they do. Uh, they may say things that are hurtful and painful, but, you know, the truth might hurt sometimes, but you've got to rise above that. You've got to find a way to manage it. And I'm very, very, you know, aghast and disgusted that members of parliament are so concerned about how they're portrayed and, and being hurt, you know, about people calling them names. Look, our people are suffering out there. The economic downturn is taking away their businesses, their jobs, and they're suffering from lack of medication and medical services and, and a poor education system. Their teachers aren't being paid. Their children aren't going to school and getting the education they deserve and so forth and henceforth. That's what we ought to be concerned about. Not being hurt because someone calls us a name or we think they call us a name, as is the case in this instance. And that's the whole reason why the opposition walked off. We, we said, look, we have to do this to protest this, this, you know, this disgust that we feel that this matter, which is trivial, is taking too much of our time, that we have other important issues to discuss. And at the same time, we've sensed that this is a move to curb the, the opportunity and rights of our people to dissent. Okay, the government, through directly or indirectly, has already influenced or intimidated mainstream media. So mainstream media doesn't really report all the news that, that the people need to have. They get a lot of that on Facebook and other social media platforms. 
Facebook is the biggest. But they also use Facebook for their SMEs to market their small companies and businesses. They also use this to communicate. I've got people in Popandera who communicate with me using Messenger. I've got a young girl who's now been transported to the Popandera General Hospital whose only means of communication her family use is Messenger. And they communicate with a nurse that helped them. She's in Australia. And she was able to send me the details because of that communication. You know, you ban Facebook, you're going to have this, you're going to have a backlash. This is the only avenue available for people in many instances to be able to dissent, to vent, to express themselves, you know, to be critical. And that's a hallmark of democracy, okay? Donald Trump, the world leader, he gets criticized regularly. And in, in, in so many terrible things are said about him. But you know what? Does he think about banning Facebook or go out there and complain about it other than say, you know what, that's fake news, fake profiles, and he says things about it, but he doesn't, he doesn't say he's going to take away the right of the people to criticize him. And that's what we got to look at. Now, we're supposed to be hosting APEC. How are the APEC nations going to feel about this? What are they going to feel about a nation that is now about to host APEC all of a sudden cutting down on social media and, and having an a agenda that is going to be detrimental to trade and communication and other such interests, you know? How are they going to feel about that? What's the point? If we're going to be hosting APEC, Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, and yet we're putting in place measures that are going to make it very difficult, for businesses, for small businesses to cooperate and to communicate and, you know, to interact and involve themselves in trade. It's very hypocritical. But most importantly, we think that the attack on democracy and the rights of our people to speak, to dissent, we think that these rights are being deliberately taken away piece by piece. We're moving fast towards a dictatorship. What alarms me is why is this happening? What's going on? Is this a destructive and distraction uh, scenario created for a purpose? What is the government up to that they want us to be so distracted by this that they can quietly do whatever it is they want to do out there without question? You know, why are they suppressing this? Is it because there are a lot of deals that have been exposed on Facebook? There's a lot of corruption that's been exposed. People are being named. You know, documents are coming out and the people are seeing what's going on and they're, they're taking action and they're angry. Is this why? Are we trying to curb their opportunity to dissent? I'm not sure. Whatever it is, I don't think it's the right move. And I think we've got better things to discuss than, you know, than talk about our feelings being hurt. Okay? It's very selfish to think about it when our people are suffering. Let's rise above that. Let's practice leadership rather than dictatorship. This has been Gary Jufa. Thank you for listening. Wake up, PNG, and take your country back.